Our guest in the studio for the 9 o'clock hour is Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly. He joins us on the third Tuesday of every month right here at the Radio Ranch, and we're always pleased to have him in the studio. So, Mr. Mayor, welcome back this month for your latest appearance. Thank you, Brian. Glad to be here. All right. So how's everything going at City Hall? Oh, it's going well. You know, we've, got, we've gotten past budget season. That was the, the, big, the big challenge, and now we're... Uh, we're sort of in second gear and mm-hmm. getting some key positions filled and, uh, you know, got a little reorganization going on, getting ready kind of now between now and the end of the year. We've got, you know, like, as I said, we're, we're starting to search for police chief, um, yeah. public works, uh, a lot, a lot of key positions to fill. So it's, I know there was an announcement from your office earlier this week, maybe a uh, key in our listeners here, a announcement regarding a timeline for the search for the new police chief. And so where are we? So we, uh, there, right. So we're using a, a, a nonprofit that's that's got a national reputation for this. They helped us with uh, the search for Chief Fletcher uh, called Perf. I can't even remember what Perf stands for, to be honest with you. But they 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 know they're a great firm, and they are helping us with this. So we've got uh, three public engagement sessions coming up. Uh, there's an online survey at cha.city forward slash chief search that we encourage people to go and um, prioritize what they think the new chief really needs to be focused on. Uh, and I guess the first public input session is this Thursday at 1 p.m., and you can register for that uh, session. Uh, they're all uh, Zoom, <clears throat> but uh, you can register there at cha.city forward slash chief search, too. Good stuff. Yep. All right. And uh, we've already been getting lots of text messages from listeners here, so we might as well just jump right in. Why not? Uh, text number one, please ask the mayor to do something about the lights on 4th Street. It's not safe to be stopped in the crosswalk or in the middle of Broad Street. Uh, Mr. Mayor, you and I were talking before mm-hmm. we came on the air that, uh, in your opinion, there's there's multiple areas where the city can improve here when it comes to pedestrian safety, crosswalks, and everybody knowing, uh, you know, who's got the right of way. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, we were just talking about this yesterday in the office, uh, there's, I think there's an assumption that everybody knows those those white lines mean you know that's a protected pedestrian crosswalk, but I'm not sure that's universally acknowledged. And I don't so, think it is. No, uh, we we uh, yeah we're looking at putting in more um, signage and uh, safety devices because uh, downtown Chattanooga is becoming more and more of a pedestrian area. And uh, I'm, I mean I, I live downtown, I walk it myself, and I don't always feel uh, <laughs> particularly safe. So yeah, we're 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 going to be working on that. Uh, okay, so Fourth Street and Broad Street is this particular texter's concern. Yeah. So, uh, please make sure we look into that. Can we ask the mayor about what we can do about trains stopping for hours at Hickory Valley Road near Tyner High? It was stopped there during morning school traffic this morning. Yeah, that's been a the Hamill Road people would ask that same exactly question. Exactly right, <laughs> Jim. Yeah, the, those two areas are are tough, and and the. The railroad, you know, we're, we're, we're in constant communication with them. Norfolk Southern has a, a big presence here. And I don't think unless you really stare at a map of, of Chattanooga, you don't realize just how much train traffic comes through here. But as freight traffic increases, uh, you know, this is probably just going to get worse, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say. Now, we're, we're talking in our state delegations, talking uh, a lot uh, in Nashville about what we can do about this. Um, but, you know, short-term, I would honestly encourage people to use ways and, and try to find ways around it. Uh, no pun intended, but uh, I think w- one of the possible uh, solutions is that the, the railroad has a notification system that can let folks know uh, or, or let emergency vehicles know uh, when, when that train's going to back up the, 
the intersection, and right. perhaps that will help. We can probably feed that information through to Waze and Google Maps, and people can use that and maybe find a way around. That's yeah. the only short-term solution, unfortunately. I was going to say, for people that don't know, Waze is an app that you know tells you what there's traffic mm-hmm. problems and this and that and the others. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty efficient way to find yeah. alternate routes around. I mean, I, I uh, obviously have no relationship with them except that, that we are in this uh, data exchange program with them. So we send them traffic data, and, uh, and it hopefully improves the way that they can route people around. Speaking of Hamill Road, uh, Kirsten here texts in, when is the mayor going to pave Hamill Road between Fairview and Ganstor? Also, uh, when is Hamill Road going to be fixed, after it slides into the creek or before? <laughs> hopefully before. Uh, I, I didn't bring the paving schedule with me, but I can tell you, uh, as promised on the campaign trail, we're spending three and a half times what uh, was spent last year on our paving budget. I want to say uh, it's ten ten million versus you know not quite three. So uh, again, it, we can't pave them all at once. There's only so many paving trucks here, but we're hard at work on it, and uh, uh, you know you're going to see a lot more roads being paved this year and and next year. Matt has questions about homeless camps. He says, what is the mayor doing to combat the homeless camps and the population around Chattanooga prior to the winter season? There's one at the old stick maze and another one beside the Walmart on Signal Mountain Road. Yeah, it's uh, this is one of the toughest problems we've faced, you know, and, and uh, this is this is what a lot of those federal relief ARP, uh, ARPA dollars are for. And we're working on some pretty big uh, solutions. We're not quite ready to announce yet, but uh, uh, when we do, I think we'll make a significant dent in the problem. Two six seven one zero two three is our telephone line. Gary is on line one. Gary, welcome to the show. You're on the air with the mayor. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I'm glad that the uh, recycle program is coming back uh, November first. Was having a bit of a debate with a friend of mine who's not really that much on the recycle bandwagon, and he was saying, well, you know, it's all going to landfill. They're not really doing any recycling. And, you know, I figured part of that might be true, but I figured you would probably know the percentage as far as of the recycles, what is truly recycled and what ends up in the landfill. Could you share that with us? Certainly. Well, I can't tell you percentages, but what I can tell you, uh, unfortunately, is that, you know, if you turn over a, a, a plastic bottle, You've got that little recycle symbol, and inside that, you've got the numbers, right? One, two, three, four, five. I think it goes through seven. Three, f- four, uh, this is this is getting in the weeds a little bit, but I want to <laughs> say three, four, six, and seven are going to a landfill, right? I mean, if you're concerned about that stuff, you shouldn't. You should buy uh, products in other packaging. Five, which is yogurt cups, can be recycled. Yeah, go figure. And number one, which is kind of your classic clear plastic, cla- clear plastic bottle, uh, definitely uh, being recycled. Mm-hmm. Aluminum's always recycled. Cardboard is always recycled. Both of, right. of, there's a there's a great market for those. One of the things the city will be going back to doing is putting that stuff up on the website so people know yeah. what is being recycled and what's being taken to a landfill. That's you know I'm I'm like I think I'm probably like 99 percent of Americans. I was never aware of this numbering system. Yeah. I just assumed hey paper plastic glass you all just throw it in a recycling bin and it all gets recycled. Well again this is one of those things we're working on uh, when we talk about transparency transparency and accountability at the mayor's office we we mean it and you know uh, frankly I think we've gotten in this habit of of just kind of uh, fooling people into thinking if they throw it in that blue bin it's going to be right. recycled well the other thing is you know you can't put uh, a lot of times we're getting polluted we have a very high 
uh, rate of polluted recycling streams, and that stuff can't be recycled either. So if mm-hmm. you throw a, you know, uh, an old pizza box, that doesn't that that's that's gonna that won't work. I don't think with the with fiberboard. Certainly, if you throw regular garbage in there with recycling, yes, yeah. it can't right. be recycled. So we've got a lot of work to do to re-educate people and kind of relaunch the recycling program. And it's a softball. You threw me, whether you knew it or not. But uh, today is actually uh, Startup Week, uh, or this mm-hmm. is Startup Week, and there's a reverse pitch going on today on sustainability and recycling uh, down at Miller Plaza. So cool. hopefully somebody you know will have a, a brilliant idea as to how we can Im- improve this. Well, I got one. I-, I call it the Neyland Stadium Recycling Program, <laughs> where you know you get a. Flying yeah. in there or whatever yeah. it is. I'm not sure mustard bottles. I'm not sure what, <laughs> yeah. what great plastic those are, but the, but the clear plastic we could definitely use. What does fall? I don't know if you know the answer to this or Jim, maybe because I don't know. So when we talk about category three, four, five that can't be recycled, what are some examples? Like well, what am well, I throwing in there? That... A milk jug is different than a Dasani bottle. Yeah, that's right. So milk jug is two. Okay. Uh, Sonny bottles one. I don't. You know, five, six, seven. It's stuff like um, you just gotta turn them over. It's it's usually thicker plastic, different different types okay. of plastic. Right. So now, yeah, I mean, uh, this is all stuff that I've picked up in the last six months. Right. I'm not a recycling. Now expert. glass bottles. Yes or no? Well, so here's the thing. We haven't picked up glass curbside in many years uh, because it has to be crushed up and hauled to Atlanta. And it's heavy, right? So uh, it's not efficient. So you can drop off glass uh, at our recycling centers, but we don't pick it up curbside. We need, we're looking at ways that we might be able to recycle glass here in Chattanooga. Hmm. That would be efficient. But, again, right now, sadly, you would think glass would be one of the easiest things to recycle, but not the case currently uh, hmm. in Chattanooga. And that's so. what Orange Grove used to do, am I right? Yes, and that was a great, and, you know, that was a really great program. My, my, mm-hmm. my next-door neighbor actually uh, uh, helped start that program, hmm. Hal Baker, and uh, it was great, but unfortunately some people felt that uh, we were taking advantage of, gotcha. the, of the labor um, uh, f- f- of the folks at, uh, um, at Orange Grove, and so they stopped. And I think that was a mistake in retrospect. It, it gave meaning to a lot of those folks' uh, lives. But, uh, hmm. hey, that was the way that the, the court ruled, and so unfortunately that went away. But, uh, again, hmm. hopefully we can we can come out of this, this pause that's co- caused a lot of conversation about recycling and, and have a recycling program that works a lot better. Is this, is this going on nationwide? Are other cities facing the same type of thing? Yeah, because there used to be a, a very uh, robust market for all this stuff in yeah. China, and the, the market dried up for whatever reason, and so there are a lot of cities that have kind of come to terms with this hmm. and said, okay, we got to start telling people the truth. A lot of stuff is going to landfill. Let's see what else we may be able to do with it you know, or kind of reboot. And, you know, look, if the infrastructure bill passes, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, I might add, um, you know, I've, I've signed on to a, a letter with the U.S. Conference of Mayors uh, to, to calling for uh, recycling uh, as to be treated as infrastructure, right? So we, we could perhaps use some of that money uh, to buy uh, equipment here to recycle locally, and that's what I hope we can do. Our guest in the studio, Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly. So questions, comments, concerns, please text them or call them in at 267-1023. We'll have to go to a news break uh, in a minute and a half or so, but I thought let's at least get this question out there. If we don't have time to address the question, we can come back in the next segment and do so. But uh texter here says, with leaf pickup season, could you please develop a plan to do it more efficiently? Yeah. Last year, city crews would drive by piles of leaves for weeks and only pick up those that contacted 311. That's right. This leads to the leaves washing down the storm sewers, causing further problems. 
it's a great point, and I'm amazed, like we were talking about the break, how many people are sort of tuned into this, but it's it's absolutely right. I mean, we ha- we we did everything. We sent everything to 311 for on-demand pickup, which is great. It's great that you can do that. It's a very cool feature that you can't get in a lot of other cities around here. But, yeah, I think we're, we've been talking about going back to zone pickup uh, strategies, and I think we can do both. I don't think it's one or the other. So, yeah, that's another thing we're looking at at Public Works. Uh, Paul asks this question. Any chance we can finally get a minor league hockey team in Chattanooga? Yes. Finally. Yeah, you know, believe it or not, Chattanooga is one of, if not the largest cities, I think, without one, certainly in the region. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, there, I know there have been some some uh, some team owners fishing around here to, to maybe put one in. Um, um, so we'll, we will see. And there are a couple of different sites that might work. So uh, that's it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Question here, and Jim, I knew who this was from. He yes. identifies himself. Yes, that's our do. friend Mike Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, he says, Mayor Kelly, what are you going to do to rid the city of the damn illegal nuisance gun show signs? Now, we have a listener named Mike, and this has... This is one of those issues. This is the issue that that steams his buns. Huh. He, it, he's passionate. Put it he's that. passionate about because he, as many of us know, I don't think everybody knows, but there's sign ordinances in this city. Mm-hmm. And Mike has called the show for years, pointing out that all of these stupid little hey, we buy used homes, yeah, we sell junk cars, <laughs> gun shows, gun shows, gun shows, gun shows, gun shows. Yeah. All of these little signs that you see posted up on the uh, on the poles are illegal. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things, one of the first times I even thought about running for mayor was uh, uh, when I was in the dealership business and a sign ordinance inspector came around and said that I I needed to take down these (laughs) signs that were on my light poles, you know, that were sort of pointing down at used cars. It wasn't like an inflatable gorilla or anything, but it caused me to go and look at the ordinance. And our sign ordinance is, I think it's about 80 pages, and I don't know a lawyer that can faithfully interpret it. it's 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 pretty impenetrable. So I can't speak specifically to the little gun show signs, but I can say that one of the projects that we're working on uh, is revising code and ordinance up and down the line to make it simpler, to make it easier to enforce, to make it easier to uh, understand. And the sign ordinance is towards the top of that list. So it's because if, if you if you really can't get to sleep tonight, go online. Yeah. You can find it at the city website uh, and, and have a look at the sign ordinance. You're not the only one that's run afoul of the sign police. Well, I do know uh, that. Yeah, and part of it, very frankly, I mean, again, if it's if it's inappropriate signage, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it, we, we, have, we have to have an ordinance that we can enforce. Uh, honestly, COVID, I think, uh, set us back. A lot, mm-hmm. of our, a lot of our enforcers were just not able to get out during COVID, so that probably has something to do with this particular problem. But we need both a simpler revised ordinance and, obviously, to get back out there with enforcement. I was going to say, I, I, I saw you, uh, pictures of you and your fellow car geeks out there this last weekend. Did you get to choose the car you rode in? And do you have the parade wave? Do you have they, it now, I did not. now after X amount of you know months in office? Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, that was an old Cadillac. You know, I think they knew. You know, my family was in the uh-huh. Cadillac business for years. It was a it was a beautiful old green convertible Cadillac, and uh, uh, I actually got to drive it. It was uh, fantastic. I want to say it was like a thirty six or seven model. <laughs> um, and as far as the parade wave, no, that was my that was my first uh, foray with that. So maybe I'll get get it by the time four years goes by. I'll probably have it down. 
Yeah, you know, we recapped uh, the Motocar Festival on yesterday's program, but that seems like it's building up into a nice event for the city. I, yeah. I, I think it'll turn out to be a big regional attraction. I think so, too. I mean, the, and God bless the, the four brothers for doing it. Uh, they, you know, they really spend a bunch of time and money and energy uh, putting that on and raise a lot of money for charity, and it's a neat event for Chattanooga. I think the addition of the auction this year, the Mecham auction, was a big deal. A lot of car nuts in Chattanooga. And I think Meekum will be back. I think, uh, you know, I think that came out in one of the interviews. The fellow said, we don't do these as one-offs, right? So uh, um, I, I think they were happy and successful, and hopefully that'll be an event uh, we have here for years to come. Two six seven one zero two three. John is on line one. John, welcome to the show. You're on the air with Mayor Tim Kelly. Thank you very much. Uh, Mayor, do you know how many uh, illegal aliens that they're bringing up through Chattanooga to, to like somebody said Tennessee Temple, are they still doing that? Uh, no, I don't, they're definitely not doing that. Uh, unfortunately, after the um, uh, the incident there uh, with with the kids and uh, the alleged abuse, uh, they've shut that down. So no, no more. There are no more um, immigrant children uh, refugees at uh, Tennessee Temple. I know that there was uh, there there were concerns initially that uh, hey, whether or not. Whether we're doing this or not, it it seemed like uh, the leaders of the city and the county were more or less in the dark about it. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the analogy that uh, I think is appropriate here is be be like a military base. I mean, it's a federal; it was a federally licensed installation within the city. So, no, the the we didn't know a thing about it. And but to be fair, right? I mean, those kids, I I, I support the program. I mean, those are you know uh, refugee children that need to be uh, sheltered and and placed somewhere. Uh, so that, that I had no issue with that, but uh, it, it was a Chattanooga Police Department uh, routine inspection that that picked up the uh, the problem, and uh, you know, unfortunately, they 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 uh, needed to shut it down. And I'm not frankly sure where that stands today because I'm not worried about federal policy. I'm focused on Chattanooga. Well, and I think I think that's something that had to be clarified with a lot of people too. Is is what you just said? This was federal policy, so. Yeah. I know people were alarmed and confused. How come that I can't get any information from the county mayor on yeah. this? I can't get any information from Burke or Mayor Kelly yeah. about any of this, but it's federal get, you law. Don't, you don't get a heads up if something like that? Not even a heads up? Well, no, we spoke with uh, the White House uh, after that and said, look, you know, um, but help us that, help you yeah. and, and, and give us a heads up, right? Don't, right? don't put us in a position of having to... You get blindsided. Right. I mean, it's not smart. So uh, I think they'll probably go about it differently next time. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, nah. 267-1023, uh, texter here. What about the bridge on Standifer Gap Road between Shalliford and Hickory Valley? Well, we've got a lot of bridges that need to be replaced. And again, I would I would say uh, the bridges are incredibly uh, expensive. I want to say that one's on the schedule for replacement now on the, on the Transportation Improvement Program. Uh, we were reviewing the list yesterday, and I believe that one's on it for next year, perhaps the year after. Uh, I hope, honestly, and I wrote an op-ed to this effect uh, that the infrastructure bill passes. It's a, it's got you know bipartisan support, and it would you know we've got a lot of bridges around here that need replacing, particularly the the bridge over the um, uh, railroads uh, there at Wilcox desperately needs to be replaced. We've got a lot of stuff that uh, that that would help us do. Yeah. Uh, texter here, Mary Kelly, congratulations on your election win. I know you face many problems when it comes to public transportation and parking. Yeah. I'm wondering if you're looking into any other transportation solutions beyond bikes and buses. I've heard of new forms of transportation being developed here in Chattanooga 
Do you know anything about this? Yeah, uh, uh, we're we're looking at it. I mean, we the the good news. Uh, well, the bad news is that Carta has a, a very low ridership rate, one of the lowest ridership rates of any public transportation um, authority in the country. Unfortunately, uh, we don't. You know, again, we've got aging buses. We we really need a, a switching hub, but it's also a great time to kind of reimagine public transit. I mean, you've got these little. Um, automatic buses in Oslo, Norway uh, is, is a great example uh, that are that just sort of put around and hmm. almost like electric trolleys, but they're but they use you know Uber Pool, and so you just sort of they go point to point. You get on and they take wow. you wherever you want to go, right? Yeah. Kind of the Blade Runner thing. I guess my point is we're at a a really important uh, turning point mm-hmm. in, with electrification and automation and all this sort of thing. So we don't have any specific plans yet, but we are going to be looking hard at kind of reimagining public transit with CARTA uh, to see what that might look like. We're, I we're, don't think we're going to be doubling down and buying a bunch of new diesel buses and kind of doing it the same old way. That much mm, I can tell you. Mm. Where where do people, seriously, where do people need need to go? Is there a lot yeah. of people that would ride public transport? I mean, well, I don't see it. In, I live in Utah, so I don't. I don't see that. Yeah, I, I do know. Here's what I hear uh, when I worked and volunteered at the community kitchen. People need to go to Social Security from the community right. kitchen. They need to go to various agencies. So, well, so I did see that, yeah. and and a bus pass when you're homeless. Uh, a bus pass was gold. Well, for sure, and and uh, you know. And, but but it shouldn't public transit really shouldn't just be for the destination. I understand, right? and that's that's what we're trying to do is make it more usable, more accessible, more attractive. Very frankly, I mean, for workforce development, if you're thinking about somebody who's making, you know, eight or ten bucks an hour, um, a lot of times their only alternative for transportation is a, a car, probably from a buy here pay here. You know, with apologies to my friends in the car business, it's no fun paying thirty five percent interest on. On a, on, a, on a car like that, and public transportation should be uh, an attractive, uh, at least a viable alternative. Uh, it's a workforce development issue. Uh, I was talking to, you know, um, I've talked to a lot of business owners here who say, you know, look, my, my rank-and-file employees need better, better public transportation to be able to get to work. Um, and, w- you know, again, the system we've got now. But, I mean, if you had to go to Amazon Volkswagen, yeah. you know, if you had a bus from downtown to there, right. that would that would make sense, I would think. Well, there is one to Volkswagen. I'm, right. Yeah, uh, but but it needs to be, it need, you know, we, we, we're working on it. I mean, this is not going to be an overnight fix no. at all, but, uh, but we want to make it more accessible, more attractive, and, and have just more ridership, basically. So but you've you got to have expanded routes and... Uh, um, and methods in order to do that. So you have, <clears throat> excuse me, you have a chance to do something kind of special or out oh, yeah. of the box thinking or whatever. For because sure. and, and we we all see the buses and there's few people on them when we see them. Maybe the exception would be the electric shuttle that right. goes to the various attractions. I see people using that tourists a lot of times yep. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that's free, of course. Yeah, uh, so it doesn't generate any any fares at all. So. It's a good time, you know, to kind of go back to the drawing board and, and reimagine it, uh, and that's what we'll be doing. See, Brian wants scooters. Brian wants scooters. <laughs> you know, listen, I'm, I, I will say this. I'm, I'm glad if you've spent any time in Nashville or Atlanta where it looks like, uh, you know, a Walking Dead episode or something. Yes. Yeah. Littered, the streets littered with these beat-up old scooters. It's yeah. crazy. I'm glad, and, and kudos to city council before my time for not uh, allowing that. Uh, well, I, I, I like scooters. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but I think they probably ought to be in docking stations, yes. kind of like our bikes, or yes. you know, uh, out there in some orderly way. But yes, I think that's going to help change the 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 way public transportation looks. Because if you can, you know, take a bus X far and then hop on one of those for the last mile, then right. that's you know that's a good method. But 
there are a lot of smart people around this country that that are doing this now and or and or have already done it and that's you know we're going to be this is one of those areas where looking out of uh town does make sense to find, find the best practice we don't have any smart people better. here yeah we got some <laughs> smart people here we'll be those smart people will be talking to other smart people and we'll figure it out but uh, i'm going to try to uh well this was a long question i was going to say get ready uh, i'm going to try to condense it as best i can Dear Mayor Kelly, my question is concerning essential workers. The essential workers fund that Hamilton County recently received. Will utility linemen be considered as essential? Um, When the tornadoes came through Chattanooga, bear in mind we were considered essential while the majority of our company was safely working from home. The linemen were never given that option because we had a job to do. Um... Anyway, I guess my main question is concerning how those funds will be divided up and if any of the money is going to be to essential workers, if you would consider us linemen as essential. Well, uh, I absolutely consider linemen to be essential workers. I mean, they, they, they've been a lot. Uh, it was a really cool documentary that came out recently around that. But uh, in any event, they are essential. I, I'm not entirely sure. There's not a fund for essential workers. Um, I think well, I, he may be referring to the fact that some of this federal relief dollars, uh, they are eligible for uh, for bonuses, essentially, back to essential workers. problem is essential workers are linemen, uh, grocery store clerks, everybody that worked during the pandemic, uh, car salesmen. Uh, and so it, the, the money, would we, we're not getting, some cities like Detroit are getting 800 and something million dollars. I mean, we're getting 39.5, which is um, not nothing. I mean, 39.5 million dollars. But, believe it or not, to solve these bigger problems like homelessness and uh, um, small business recovery is going to uh, eat up quite a bit of that. And, you know, candidly, we can't. If we tried to give money to one essential worker, we'd be out of money really quick, and we'd be giving everybody like $7.50 or something. I don't know. Yeah. It wouldn't be enough to go far. So, no, we're not going to bonus out essential workers, but I absolutely um, consider linemen to be essential workers. Any plans to pave around 6th Street and other roads around the 4th Street housing? Well, next time I come, I will bring the, the paving schedule with me. Uh, <laughs> I don't have it with me, but uh, I can tell you again, we're paving like mad. We're paving you know, three times what uh, the pace that we were paving last year with uh, over $10 million in the budget. So um, if, if it's a bad road, uh, it will be paved soon. I yeah. can just leave you with that. Uh, next question, maybe the last question we have here, not regarding uh, paving, but uh, traffic speed monitors. Gail says, shout out to the mayor, CDOT, community block grants, and public works department for the sidewalks installed on Wilder Street. Yeah. Please consider a traffic speed monitor. The speed limit is 30 miles per hour. Studies show the average speed is 17 miles over the speed limit. Ouch. Mm, mm. Well, we talked a lot about this. We started talking about this, and, and we, we are, um, particularly after the incident that happened on Main Street, we're really, we had a great long conversation yesterday with our transportation department about increased pedestrian safety, so we're, we're going to be looking at ways to do that, uh, to reduce speed in those areas. Unfortunately, uh, well, uh, uh, traffic cameras were never very popular with folks. They did work. I mean, they're still up in the S-curves. Elsewhere, uh, state legislature has made them illegal. Uh, so we can't use those, uh, but we will start, you know, I think we can do more with uh, lighting and signage to, to make people aware to slow down, particularly yeah. where there are pedestrians involved. All right, it's 9.58. We only have about a minute left in the show, so just about time for us to get out of here. Any 
Uh, before we let you go, Mr. Mayor, any other important things coming right up on the calendar that oh. Chattanoogans need to know about? I, you know, there's always something exciting going on in Chattanooga. This is mm-hmm. startup week. Yeah. Uh, being an entrepreneur, I'm, uh, that's always exciting for me. And again, there's a reverse pitch on uh, uh, on recycling today that, that's happening at noon down at Miller Plaza. That should be really interesting because I am uh, very much interested in looking at some innovative ways that we can do recycling better. So uh, uh, there are a lot of events around Startup Week going on all week, mainly around that Miller Plaza area. So if that cranks your tractor, you yeah. know, you ought to check it out.